Welcome back, everybody, to the Thriving Street Podcast, Mastering the Art of Thriving at Life, where we talk about creating change in our lives and in the world around us. This is your host, JJ. This is my other host, Gigi. Say hi, Gigi. Hi. And we are in season two, and it took me like five tries to get that intro right today because it's been a few weeks. <laughs> so um, uh, welcome back, everybody. Um, just to remind you guys, if you didn't catch the, the end of the, uh, season one, we are going to be talking more about the programming and uh, programming when it comes to your own training, but also um, programming within gyms, specifically CrossFit style programming where we're doing classes. Um, and we're also gonna, gonna be busting some fitness myths. So things that still kind of prevail in our, in our society and that people have, you know, things that the, the normal people outside of our gyms believe, or maybe you believe about your training, and we're gonna decide if it's true or not. So for today's podcast, we're gonna talk about uh, Workouts themselves, specifically, what are the red flags that you're going to do a bad workout or, or you're creating a bad workout or you found a workout online that you, you maybe want to try or your friend's trying to recruit you to do in, in open gym or whatever? And uh, what are some of the things you need to look out for when it comes to bad workouts? And then we're also going to bust the myth, lifting weights makes you bulky, right? And so this is, that's a little bit more specific to, to, to women. Most men, you know, don't mind adding a little bit of muscle. That tends to be a goal. but uh, we're going to talk about that as well. So, um, Gigi, what is the worst workout you've ever done or created? Oh, wow. That is a, that's a hell of a question. Um, or just a combination of movements. It doesn't have to be the workout specifically. Kettlebells and deadlifts, kettlebell swings and deadlifts is like the hands down the worst combination. <laughs> and it seems like, oh, this is so great. Like they complement each other because they're both a swing and then you do it and you're like, I can't move my back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's way, way too much. I think we did a workout once that was kettlebells, deadlifts, and sit-ups. And it was just like, it was all wrong. It was all wrong in so many ways. And then we literally made it a rule that you can't combine kettlebell swings and deadlifts in a workout ever. Even like back to back days is like a lot. Like that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's and, and and let's let's preface this with there's always going to be certain scenarios where like these combinations might make sense, you know. So so what we're talking about today is in general, um, what are what are the problems that we're gonna look out for? So specifically, I remember um, uh, like one workout that that is is fairly common in CrossFit was uh, CrossFit.com posted it many years ago, and it's 400 meters of walking lunges. And which seems like, oh, that's kind of a cool challenge, right? Like that's a, this is a cool test of fitness and, or, you know, extreme test, I guess. And yeah, no, people can't walk for, for like five days after that. It is horrible. Yeah. And, and, and what's really going on is it's one movement. So uh, um, lunges tend to cause a lot of soreness anyway, because people, because you, you're really controlled on the eccentric, the lowering and that eccentric movement always causes a lot of delayed onset muscle soreness. And so people are controlled because they don't want to bang their knee, especially because you're doing this outside usually um, on the pavement or whatever. And so, so people end up being way more sore. And it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, it, it, it's dumb, right? Like if you want to do that style of that style, do like eight minutes max distance, you know, like it, cause you know what you do that workout. <laughs> First of all, that'd be a horrible workout to put into a gym, you know, come in today. We're going to do 400 meters of walking lunges. Like that's it. You know, like what else are we going to do that day? But, uh, um, and then, uh, and then some people might finish it in eight or 10 minutes and other people are going to take 20 minutes and, but everybody's going to be extremely sore. And, and it's like, so what's the point? And I think that's, that's actually a kind of an overreaching thing to talk about when it comes to, to workouts 
is what's the point? Like, what, what are you trying to do here? You know, I think there, you know, the thing is about CrossFit is specifically is it's, it's a, a, it's a little bit of a test because we're measuring things and it's, it, but, but we're also trying to get people fitter and healthier. And I think people get kind of confused between the two, you know, like, like doing 30 muscle ups for time, which is another CrossFit.com kind of benchmark is a test. That's not doing 30 muscle ups for time afterward. It's, you're going to be, or, or even a scaled version, you're going to be fitter than, than not exercising, but could you have spent that time doing something better for your body <laughs> and, you know, a, a better investment of your energy and time than doing 30 muscle ups? And, and, uh, and so I think that's, that's kind of what is the intent that day? So when you're, when you're deciding and you're going to go do a workout that you found online or, or uh, your, your friend is doing, or you're visiting a gym out of town, like you're traveling and you go to a gym and you see the workout, you got to remember, okay, what are my goals and what's the intent of this, of this workout? So, you know, they may have some crazy thing programmed and it's not that you should judge their whole program based on this one day. You know, that's one thing to point out is that you can't judge a program on one, one workout. So, but there's a good, you know, there's a good chance that if there's some crazy workout, they might be testing some specific things or preparing for the open or whatever. And so, so that's one thing you wanna remember is, okay, what are my goals here today? And how am I gonna modify this? And, you know, if you've been doing this for, for a few years or more, you, you know your capabilities and you gotta be smart about what you're gonna do. You're not there to impress people. You're not there to, uh, um, you know, you're with your friend or whatever in, in the gym and they have some crazy workout that they're doing. You know, you got to decide, like, is this really going to make me fitter? You know, is this, is this really going to be good for me? Or is this just sort of a, a, you know, am I doing a stunt or am I testing myself to do some crazy thing um, just because I, I, it looks fun? And it's okay to do a fun workout like that, but, but, uh, but just remember, keep that in mind so you don't end up hurting yourselves. Uh, so yeah, deadlifts and, and um, kettlebell swings, especially back to back in a workout is going to be, <laughs> is not, <laughs> is not good. Another one that I see a lot is, uh, um, uh, well, they'll do a lift, you know, and then they'll do like a 15 or 20 minute Metcon afterward. And the, the, the problem, now that, that's fine if you're training on your own and you have lots of time and rest between and everything. But when it comes to classes, uh, there's, when you have that much stuff in an hour, it takes, you know, 20 minutes or more to lift and you got to warm up and you got to set up for the Metcon. There's no coaching going on, you know, like you can't, there's, there, you know, so it, it re really can't fit it all in the hour very effectively. And it's just for most people that tends to be overkill, right? You have to build up to that volume over time. And, and uh, really the benefit from these workouts is the first 10 minutes, <laughs> right? Once you start going past the 10 minute mark, especially after lifting heavy, you're not really doing that much benefit, you know, you're not really benefiting your fitness level very much. And so you're better off, you know, uh, doing a lift and then maybe some skill work and then, and then, or I like to do skill work and a lift and then a short Metcon where we get that, that intense level and, and train that, those metabolic pathways and then calling it before the form breaks down, before you start risking injury or overtraining or whatever, and then, and, and call it that day. So Keep that in mind when you're doing when you're doing a, a workout or you're pro, you're doing some other programming. Like, how much stuff am I trying to fit into this this training session? You know. Um, yeah, you can't max out all the time. One of one of my biggest pet peeves, and and I'm going to preface this by saying, yes, they do do this in the games, but it's different if you're an athlete and you're doing it because the goal of an athlete is to basically put their body in harm's way to achieve greatness, right? Most people are not trying to do that day to day, right? If I, if I got injured in the gym 
and I'm trying to like make dinner for my three kids, like I'm fucked. Right. And it's, there's no glory there. So my biggest, one of my biggest pet peeves in a workout is maxes for time. So when they do like, you have, you have eight minutes to get your max snatch or you've got 12 minutes to do your max back squat. It's just like, that is just a fucking injury waiting to happen or, and or, or do a workout and then immediately after your maxes after right after like, max, yeah oh yeah. and all these people pr or or do muscle ups or whatever and it's like no that's again that is a test of your capacity and it's really for experienced people to not hurt themselves and if people are maxing out after a metcon it could be usually two two things usually it's it's they had they, they didn't have a recent max so that whatever max they had in their head isn't their current max or they're sometimes they're getting in their own head about it Right. So like they're like maybe maybe for whatever lift or the muscle up or whatever, they're psyching themselves out when they try it and then they do a workout and they're so tired they can't think about it. So then they achieve that. Those I mean, again, what is the training benefit? If you do that, that lift, for example, you are not going to be stronger like you didn't you didn't you're not going to send a signal to your body to get stronger from that. It's really just a test. Uh, you know, and, and that and you just said, I love I, that was so eloquently put. Nice, nicely done, Gigi. That is that you are that you are people are putting themselves in harm's way for to test greatness. And that's the biggest thing in competitions, especially, you know, the, the open and the games. Um, the, the, the whole idea is, is they're creating these these uh, challenges and they're looking for people to fail. Right. Like that's the whole point is who left at the end of this competition, who you know, who was able to consistently perform these these challenges better than their peers. And that's not training. You know, the, uh, the, the phrase I like to use is, is that getting injured is the opposite of being healthy, right? And it's the same thing when you, it, you know, and, and, and like getting hurt in the gym is ridiculous. And the most common thing that we see in CrossFit is torn hands. And it's like, okay, so, so again, we're looking at a workout. What, what's the biggest red flag? Um, when you first look at a workout, obviously it's the number of reps of each movement. So when you first look at a workout, if there's, now if it's, if it's something like, wall balls or double unders or something like that. And it says 50 reps. Like, okay, that, that there's, there's, you know, that's not unreasonable. Uh, but if it's 50 deadlifts or 30 deadlifts in a workout, it's like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> slow down there. Speed racer. What's going on here? <laughs> like, why, why would you, you know, what is the point? What is the training benefit of that now? Okay. Maybe it's 115, you know, for men, you know, that's not, that's not crazy. 115 pounds, but 225 or 245, for for 30 reps like that's that's just a recipe for injury right or if you have a good gym and everybody you know if, if you if you program that in your own gym and you've got great coaches and everybody in the gym knows their abilities yeah they could pace that out and everything um and be somewhat safe but their intensity is going to go way down because they're going to have to go so slow that they don't hurt themselves and so it's like okay so what's the point of the workout what energy pathway are we doing so again it's not saying that you can't ever do that but it, it's a red flag like whoa this is going to be intense another one is like 30 pull-ups 30 toes to bar anything over 15 when it comes to pull-ups and toes to bar in a, in a conditioning style workout is gonna is gonna uh, shred people's hands right and again, you, you know, you, you don't think about it, but I've gotten blood poisoning from a, from a, um, I got doing 30 muscles for time, um, 12, 14 years ago, you know, I actually, you know, from the false grip, I actually tore the, my part of my wrist and I ended up with blood poisoning, you know, and, and I think we talked about that in the last podcast and one of the, my injuries from CrossFit. Uh, and you think about that, that in the gym, you know, people are tearing their hands. That's an open wound. And then now, you know, now with like staff, staff infections, especially like the MRSA staff, like, 
you guys, you do not want open wounds in your gym and there's no point. You're not winning any money. There's no medals. There's no podium. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's like, so is it pride? Is it ego? Is it just the competitive nature that we're trying to achieve? But like, like I get it. Like I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to say that I've gotten an open wound playing recreational soccer. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like it happens. Um, but that's just, that's the nature of sport versus the nature of training, right? And it's just like you've been saying this whole time, what are you trying to get out of it? When I'm playing a soccer game, I'm, I wanna win. I'm not playing it so that it, because it's great cardio, I'm not playing because I'm building my, you know, my foot-eye coordination or whatever. I'm playing because I, I wanna play a game that I wanna win. It's the same reason you play cards or you play fucking dice or whatever, like you just wanna, you wanna win. That's not why you do fitness training. Right. And if you're going to be an athlete and you're going to follow the sport, then that's like, that's a different story, but that's maybe 1% of the people that are in these CrossFit gyms are like going to get to that point. You know what I mean? Where they are participating in the sport itself. Um, but even when you're training for sport, you shouldn't get injured on the way. Right. Like, well, yeah, I mean, that's the whole idea is, is if, is if you're breaking people in practice, you're not going to win at, you know, on game day because everyone's hurt. Right. And, and, uh, yeah, so, so big, anytime you see big sets of, of movements, that's always a red flag. Um, specifically movements that are going to uh, shred your hands or, or, um, even just high volumes of squats or pulling like deadlifts, it just tends to blow the back up. And then, um, the other thing we'll mention the deadlifts and the kettlebell swings, is when movements are interfering with each other. So, so when you see movements, especially when they're back to back. Now, if it's if it's a workout that has ten movements and they're spread out, that's different. But, but if you see if you see things like uh, another another combination is like double unders and running, or double unders running and box jumps. You know, um, uh, the reason why there's been a lot of people that have ruptured their Achilles or had or had heel cord injuries in CrossFit was because you know, maybe not on the same day, but even on back to back days. You know, I, I definitely made this mistake ten plus years ago where, you know, people, I didn't have anybody, you know, catastrophically ruin their leg, but, but, uh, people had some tweaks. And, and so I went back and looked at the, looked at my programming and you guys who are programmers, you should, you need to do this is if, if everyone in the, in the gym is talking about how their shoulders are messed up or, or you get like some feedback that like, Oh yeah, a couple of people are talking about their shoulders hurt. You need to go, <laughs> go back and look at your programming and say like, what did I do? So that you're learning and adapting. Well, I had programmed running box jumps and double unders like in three days in a row. And the people that came on those three days, there was a higher chance of them having some, some tweak. And so I realized, okay, that I'll, I'll always avoid programming those three days in a row. Now it helps if you're doing jump up, step downs, and that kind of removes that. But you don't think about it, but um, like burpees over the bar um, is also a jumping and landing thing. So you're using your heel cords, you know, obviously box jumps, double arms and running. And, and you, don't, you don't really like jumping pull-ups is another one. You know, when people are doing jumping pull-ups, that's, that's all... Um, you know, Achilles. And so, and so you, you have to think about the movements. So when you look at a workout, you want to think about, okay, like, are these the same, like, are they the same movement pattern? You know, is it a squat and a squat and a squat, right? Uh, I'll give another example where, where I gave someone rhabdo <laughs> so, um, years ago and, and uh, it's 2009 and I went to the affiliate gathering. So this is a group where, where, you know, they brought thousands of gym owners together. And uh, so I was out of town and, and, uh, um, and we went to the park and did a park workout with like hundreds of people. It was really cool. But uh, they had a park workout that was, um, I believe it was five medicine ball squat cleans, seven burpees, and then uh, 10 overhead squats of the PVC pipe. 
for 10 minute AMRAP, right? So it seems very, you know, very uh, benign, right? And, and uh, at first glance, and then you go, okay, well, the medicine ball squat clean is two squats. So you squat down to the ball and then you, and then you squat to stand up with it. So that was really, that was 10 squats. The burpee is kind of squattish, right? Like there's some squatting going on there. And then overhead squats for 10. So there's another 10 reps. Well, I thought it was a pretty interesting workout. So I, I programmed it on our Sunday um, for the new people. So the people trying out, we had to come in and try oh out. my God, that's terrible. And, and uh, we had a guy, Brian, we started calling him Brabdo later on because um, he ended up signing up at the gym. And then he went and opened the first gym in Indonesia <laughs> later on. He Brian, does like Brian, Brian. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, Brian. And, and, um, and he, uh, he, had, he was somewhat fit because he'd been doing martial arts. And they said, you know, he was like, you said go as many rounds as possible. So I did. And he got like seven rounds or something like that. So he did like, like 300 squats or whatever and couldn't walk and had to go to the hospital and they admitted him and it was full on case of rhabdo, you know, and it was in the hospital for like seven days. And, and, uh, but again, it was because those movements were the same movement, right? Especially with a lot of eccentric movement, right? So it was going to, it made him, you know, did the, tore up the muscles from, from the, from the eccentric loading. And so when you're looking at a workout, you want to look at the, okay, is this stuff going to, you know, uh, um, you know, interfere with it? Then the other thing is obviously the total volume or duration, you know? So if they don't give a guide on where you're supposed to be, like, like, as you guys know, with Thrivestry, we always say like, it should be between, you know, 15 and 20 and 22 minutes, or it should be 20 to 28 minutes or whatever that helps everyone decide, okay, what's the proper scaling. So I get the correct stimulus for this, for this workout. Um, time caps are not a good, they're, they're a step in the right direction, better than no guidance whatsoever. But, but again, you know, having a time cap, you might have people finish it in half that amount of time. And you have people who are not finishing. And, and I, I made this post on Instagram recently that was like, if you're having to, if you're having to stop people because of a time cap, you failed your job as a coach. And it was funny because people were like, what do you mean? Like what, you know, no, I, I disagree. And I was like, <laughs> if you're coaching a class, right. And people are clearly failing. Like, you know, they're not going to finish on the time cap. You need to step in and adjust and adjust their workout so that they get the proper stimulus. They, they finish the five rounds or they, you know, they, you know, you might drop the load or drop the number of reps or change the movement. You know, it's like, okay, if it's like a benchmark or something like that, yeah. Okay. Maybe you let them go until the time cap. But ultimately when someone gets time capped, they didn't scale properly. That was your first mistake. And then your second mistake is you didn't intervene as a coach, right? That's your job is to, is to walk around when people are doing this and make sure they're being safe and they're getting the proper stimulus. And so, so yeah. So if, if you're doing a workout and there is a time cap or you see the time cap, just remember that your whole idea is to select the movements and change the workout so that you finish under the time cap. So again, say, like that also has to do with what are you trying to accomplish as a coach? Right. And yeah. I think, I heard this in a gym yesterday and it was, I kind of said, you know, do you have a scaling guide? And they said, no, 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 because everyone's working on different things. And I thought that's a, that's a really interesting way to look at a class, right? Because in my mind, a class is used to you, it's GPP and it, it's designed to have everyone be brought through the same physiological 
change over the course of a month or six weeks or whatever your cycle might be, right? Mm -hmm. So there are some days that are practice days, there are some days that are test days, there are some days that are mental toughness days, right? Like, but everyone in the class is trying to achieve the same thing that day. And as opposed to, so it's like, that's like how to run a group class and get the most benefits out of that. It seemed to me that when she said that, I was like, what that kind of says to me is that you're not using class as like a group stimulus thing, which makes me think all kinds of weird thoughts, but we won't go there. Um, <laughs> um, it's like, it's almost as if you're saying everyone's doing their own personal training. We all just happen to be doing it together. Right? So there's no group coherence. There's no overarching Program. strength. There's, there's no programming. Right. There's, that's not programming. Exactly. All it is, is here's your individual design. Depending on what you're working on in any given day, on any given time, you're going to be doing any different things than the person beside you. And I guess you could do it like that, but you lose the entire community sense and you lose control as a coach, right? Like you don't, you, you're not then really coaching. All you're doing is, I don't know. Well, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're doing a good job as a coach, you could be you know, teaching and making sure people are safe and like giving them coaching cues. And, you know, there, so there is some co coaching going on, but like I said, they're not following a program. If everybody's kind of changing the workout, and this is one of my big things um, with Rivestry is, is uh, you know, planning out the entire hour of, of a class or whatever, you know, having and being very specific about the scaling options and the, you know, the coaching tips, because even class to class, if you have, if you, if you, if your programming is just, a, if it's just the workout, if it's just this like, you know, 15 minute AMRAP or whatever. Um, and the morning coach says like, okay, we want everyone to like, go, go heavy on this, you know, take, you know, take your time and you know, you won't, you know, you won't get as much cardio, but like use the heaviest load you can. And, and, uh, and then before the workout, they just sort of do a quick warm up and that's it. And then the evening coach is like, no, go light and get as many reps as you can. And then they, they practice snatches beforehand. And it's like, those are two completely different experiences. And those people are not on the same program. Yeah. Right. And so you have to give the guidance so that everyone's on the same page and they're so that everyone's together and on the program. And obviously there's customization within that. But like I said, if you have somebody doing a workout where they, they, you know, they got two rounds and they went, but they went a little heavier and then everybody else, you know, the other classes they did, you know, they did seven rounds cause they went lighter, their bodies got different signals. And so they're not on the same program. And so it's kind of that point, you know, when you're looking at a workout, um, you know, that you want to do online or your friend wants you to do, wants them to do with you, you got to remember, okay, what, looking at the workout, what's the intent of the workout and what's, where are my goals? You know, am I testing myself today? Is like, is, is it just a, um, you know, so there's nothing wrong with just doing something that just looks cool. You know, like that looks like a cool, like, I don't know how I'll do on that. That looks crazy challenging or whatever. Like doing that every once in a while is not a bad thing, but, but again, you have to decide like, okay, is this, is this making me better? you know, or am I just seeing where I'm at? Am I just comparing where I'm currently at to this challenge? Um, and it, and you, the problem is if you do that every day, you're not making gains as fast as you could be, right? If you were actually doing programming that was actually getting you towards your goals. And so, uh, uh, yeah, so that, I think that's, I think that's a, an important point is, is uh, you always want to make sure that what are your goals and what's the intent of the workout? So we went over uh, large sets of movements, movements that are going to, that are going to challenge the same muscle groups and the same movement patterns. And then also when, uh, um, the total volume of the movement. So you got to do the math and some people don't like to do the math, you know, but when it says like five rounds of 30 
whatever, it's like, oh, that's 150 things. I'm like, oof, that's a lot, you know, like, like, uh, um, you know, five rounds of 30 wall ball, you know, like that's, if there's other things mixed in there, that's not, that's not crazy, but you got to remember that's 150 wall ball. You're going to be sore from that. You know, if it's, if it's uh, um, uh, another movement, again, like something like deadlifts or whatever, like, okay, that's a red flag. And so when you see these red flags, ultimately, and you know what you're training, you're deciding it's a training day, not a testing day. And you're like, okay, so what do you do? Well, ultimately, you have the final say in what you're going to do. Don't let coaches or other people push you into doing things that you know are going to uh, make you incredibly sore. You're, you're going to risk injury. So you, remember, you ultimately always have the say uh, to scale it down, right? Um, obviously, if you think you're better than what the coach is saying, then, then that's, that's a whole other discussion. Um, but, but in general, there's this rule that I like to teach people, and that is you can always do more afterwards right? So if you're doing a workout and you're, you're not sure, or the coach is telling you, you, you know, maybe you should go lighter or do a different movement, go ahead and do what their recommendation is. And then if you feel like, oh, I didn't get a good workout or I, I could do more, then you can always do a little extra workout afterwards. So, you know, a lot of our programming in Thrivestry, we have a cash out. So we have something you can do on your own after class if you want to do more. And, and, or, you know, if it's, if you're going to your gym or whatever, or you're visiting another gym, and you do a workout and you're like, eh, that wasn't that hard of a workout, but I got to go and have time. You can always work out again tomorrow, right? If, but you can't go the other way. If you do something that is way too hard and you tear your hand and you're super sore, now your training is disrupted for the next few days, right? Maybe more. Well, and I will say that, that that's, you know, we really only talked about um, analyzing an individual workout and what happens. But where where that becomes so important is if like say the am coach and the pm coach are not on the same page because you're not really on a program the am coach says let's just fucking crush this and everybody gets 10 rounds instead of the five rounds that the pm coach says and then the next day is like max snatches and you're fucked because you totally destroyed yourself the day before and now you're not gonna get a good testing day on the things that do matter right like like there are some times where you need to do testing and you need to know what your benchmarks are and stuff like that. And if you're not following a program, you're not going to get the most out of the program because it just doesn't exist. And you're not, you're not really doing anything at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, I would say like, you know, you're, it's, again, it's better than not exercising at all. You know? <laughs> but, but, Is it? And, and, and to, to kind of speak to the whole CrossFit thing, like that's actually the, one of the things that made CrossFit so successful was that even with, like not really following a program, just showing up and doing these challenging, um, you know, circuits for time, it works. It works so much better than going to the gym and, and doing some body bodybuilding stuff and running on a treadmill, you know, like it, it is so much more effective. And especially from a time standpoint, you know, you, you can um, get results with a lot less time invested um, with these workouts, but that that's where we start to, um, that's also part of the problem is that people don't recognize that that programming matters and you can't just do random workouts and get the, the and stay safe and get the best results you can get in the fastest amount of time possible unless you're following a a program so so i, I guess that would be we'll, we'll end it this this part of the podcast on you know think about that too when you're when you're getting roped into some random workout um or you're deciding you're not gonna you, you need a workout to do today um think about that for a second and if you're just sort of jumping around between different programs you're not making, you're not going to make gains as fast as you could as if you were following a dedicated program that had a plan. Right. And, and, uh, um, and it, yeah, it's, it's better than nothing, you know, like, like, uh, but, 
but ulti ultimately just make sure you know what you've done the last few days and what you're going to be doing um, the next few days and you're not going to disrupt you know disrupt the program so if you're following a gym's program you know you're 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 at a current gym and you're traveling or you're doing a workout on your own maybe look and see what they did that day and try to match what what they did you know the the, the amount of time the time domain maybe some of the movement patterns so that you're still moving forward with the group in the in the in the plan and you're not off doing some some random thing right yeah if you're in a mad lab gym too the coach will just give you stuff to do while you're away and they should know what the programming is and and make sure that you're not missing any of the the goals that you guys have set up together right they can make sure to help you do what you got to do to stay on track there um yeah. i will say that following a program is the one thing that you should take from the sports right like like a swimmer is not just going to go in and practice and go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Like athletes follow programs and that's why they get the results that they do. And if you're going to take any aspect of the sport of fitness, that's the aspect you should take, not the competitive side. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately the, the competitive programming is very deliberate with, with the progressions and the routines that you're following to adapt to that stimulus. Right. So, so, you know, if you're doing just it for general health and fitness, like following those routines and, and you know, in, in the progressions are going to get you the results faster and keep you safe. I think that's, I think that's a big, a big thing we want to talk about too, is, is just that like, ultimately, like I said, getting hurt in the gym is the opposite of being healthy, <laughs> you know? And it's like, I don't know why people, you know, the, the you know, it's it, the gamification, the measuring and the competing sometimes motivates people to go hard, which is good and keep you consistent and, and do those things outside of the gym. They're going to, they're, they're going to make you better. But, but ultimately if, if you start chasing that, like I'm going to win, then again, you end up hurting yourself and there's no medals, there's no money. What are you, what are you doing this for? You know? And, and, um, and ultimately, you know, like, like my, in my own personal life. And I, and I think a lot of people who do Thrivestry, you know, the real goal is like, how little can I exercise? Right? Like how, how little time can I work out and spend time in the gym and still get results and still be happy with my progress and how I look and feel and perform. And, you know, it's not about like, Oh, how much can I add, you know, extra? Um, uh, because ultimately when you, when you figure out, and that's what Thrive History is, is how, how can I spend my, the best hour um, of my time to, to, for the best investment in my health and, and everything. Uh, and those, now you can take that, that distilled, what are the most important things? And then now that you have that, you can expand it. If you have a goal, like you want to do a Tough Mudder or Spartan Race, or you want to do, you know, dabble in some powerlifting or whatever, yeah, you have that now because we've distilled down the most important stuff. Um, uh, but, but again, it's like, you know, when you're, when you're looking at these workouts and you're, you're, you're going, going off the reservation and doing a workout that's not part of your program, just make sure you keep that stuff in mind, you know, just look out for those red flags, you know, big sets of movements, movements that are going to interfere with each other and total volume and duration and, and relative and all that stuff is relative to your goals. You know, and are you testing today or are you training? All right, let's talk about this myth <laughs> of um, lifting weights will make you bulky. And, and uh, um, now for those of you guys listening to this podcast, most of you are probably like, yeah, this is like, Duh, like everyone knows that, that lifting weights makes you huge. <laughs> no, everyone, <laughs> everyone knows that that's not true. And, and um, so for, for women especially, they're worried about um, adding too much muscle and, and looking like these, these, like maybe the top women in the gym or the competitors and CrossFitters, you know, sometimes they have, you know, big shoulders and that's, that's something that uh, 
that they're worried about and they're worried about putting on size. And let's just say right away, this is a, this is a myth that, that um, is completely false. It is very hard to put on muscle. If it was this easy, every man that goes in the gym would probably weigh 10 or 20 pounds more of muscle. Like every bro, every dude wouldn't mind having an extra 10 or 20 pounds of muscle. Like, like, like we all, like we want that. We want, now we want to make it usable, but who, who wouldn't want to have, you know, for guys, they want to have that, that size. And, and, uh, and guys lift weights and they eat way more food and they have more naturally have more testosterone and growth hormone and they can't put on the size that they would like. So why would you think, you know, as a female <laughs> that, that lifting weights is going to, is going to bulk you up. And, and, uh, that's, that's just not the case. Have you had, have you had to deal with that with people before coaching and everything? Lifting yeah. Weights? Like almost every woman. Right. And, and I think that it comes from, it come, it's a vestige of the bodybuilding days, right? When, when the gyms were all about the bodybuilding style weightlifting, because in those days, the training and the programming, and there's still people around there out there that train like this, right? The goal of that was to make you bulky, right? So it's like, well, of course you're going to get bulky because that's, that's the whole goal, right? That, that's was the, the, that was the intent of the training program. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like that's what the whole idea of bodybuilding. That's the, literally, that's what fucking bodybuilding means. <laughs> Building your body, right? Like that's, I can't make it more straightforward than that. Um, so I think that when, when, when women especially think about weightlifting, that's what they think about is this bodybuilding, high, high volume, low, or yeah, high, high rep, low weight, you know, that type of yeah, style. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was what I was going to say. Just so, so to break down the, the really basic, the, the science of it is, is that doing sets of 10 reps or 15s um, tends, tends to promote hypertrophy, which is actually the building of larger muscles, um, up to about 20 or 30 reps, right? So, so 10 to 30 reps is considered hypertrophy, and you would lift a, a load that, you know, maybe 15 reps where you do three sets of 15, and at, you know, 15 is hard, right? So you use a challenging load. That's gonna build, that's gonna tell, send the signal to your body to, to build larger muscles doing below 10, especially doing ones, twos, up to about fives, that's really, that's sending the, the, the signal to the body to get stronger, but not necessarily build the biggest muscle it can. And so you'll notice that a lot of my programming, we do a lot of twos and threes, and that's, that's developing um, uh, muscle fiber recruitment, which is different than hypertrophy in the growth. Now we are gonna see some muscle growth in the ones, twos, and threes, and we are gonna see some strength development in the 15s and, and up, but, those are the most extreme. Those are the two extremes. And, and, uh, you know, I like to, my programming is, is to put on functional muscle, like realistically, like how, how, uh, I don't want to put on a lot of exercise. I want to put on muscle that I can use to go out and do things outside of the gym, whether that's, you know, lifting something heavy at my house or, you know, going and, and being able to be strong enough to get pulled up when, behind a boat, you know, and, and, uh, that type of thing. So it's, so I don't want to have a bunch of extra bulk that I can't use, um, outside of the gym. Um, and, and, but if you guys are doing Thrive Street programming, you'll notice that there is an extra credit sort of thing. It's the cash out. Um, <clears throat> it says cash out or hypertrophy. So on certain days I will program, you know, three sets of 15 of, you know, dumbbell curls and, you know, split squats, right? Is that like Friday? I mean, so yeah. you <laughs> it's, it's curls for the girls on Fridays. Is that <laughs> no, it's actually programmed in. So it depends on the, depends on the move, the movement, but it, it is, it's, there are, and it, it's designed to be 
more for hypertrophy and it's an added on part of the programming if, if that's one of your goals. Because I'm not gonna include that stuff in the main program because again, from a general fitness standpoint, there are just better things we can invest our time in. You know? yeah. um, and so, so again, from a, from a myth standpoint, you gotta remember that, okay, so, so if, you, if you wanted to add size, you would need to be doing you know, three sets of 15 or whatever. And then you also need to be uh, eating significantly more protein um, to, to be able to synthesize, synthesize that into your muscles. And most, most people don't eat enough protein to begin with. So you're not going to put on a lot of size um, uh, just from touching the weights, right? And, and, uh, and, and just keep in mind that, that like I said, the, the lifting that we're doing and the Metcons we're doing are not designed primarily with size in mind. Again, it's, it's all the other health benefits we're getting from, from those things. The, si the size isn't the, isn't the main goal of the main gym programming. It's general fitness. So there will be some muscle growth, but do, do not worry about adding a bunch of extra size to, to your body. Now, maybe you're doing the programming and you've noticed some of your muscles getting bigger and you're not happy with that. Maybe your legs are getting bigger or your shoulders are developing. Um, and a lot of that's genetic. You know, so, so some people like, you know, I've trained women who just tend to put on muscle on their shoulders and they're a little bit self-conscious about that. And so they kind of pick their outfits, you know, based upon, based upon, um, their shoulders being big. And, and, uh, but, but again, that, that is just genetically how you're built. And, and what was funny, I remember specifically one person, um, she, you know, she was self-conscious at first, but then she kept getting compliments. <laughs> the other women were always like, what do you do? Your arms look amazing. And she kind of felt like she had manly arms and it was like, and after a while she realized like, no, wait a minute. Like that's just in my own head. And actually people thought it was cool. Like they were like, what are you like, where are you training? Or like, what are you doing? How do you make your arms look like that? You know? And, and, uh, or the other one I, with women who do the style training, it's their traps, right? You start to get bigger traps because of all the, the cleans and all the snatches and the kettlebell swings. We tend to see this muscle right here, you know, uh, uh, develop. And that's something that, they start to feel a little self-conscious about, but it's like normal people don't notice that only other people who train, <laughs> like, no one's like, man, she's got a thick neck. You know, like, like it's like the, you're, you're, you're getting in your own, in your own head about that. Um, and, but ultimately if bulk is something you're worried about and you're trying to lose weight, you have to ask yourself, well, what, what why do I need to lose quote weight? You know, what is most, most women have this concept of, they have a, a weight in mind, that I will look good at this number. And that number has nothing to do, very little to do with how you actually look, right? So, you know, this, this whole like, you know, one pound of muscle weighs about the same, uh, or, or is, is five pounds of fat is the same size as one pound of muscle, approximately. Everybody's a little bit different. And so you could literally lose five pounds of fat and put on just one pound of muscle, and you will look different but the scale will stay basically the same thing. And you will be in your head and be like, oh, I'm not making any progress. Like I'm not losing weight, like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wait, how are your jeans fitting? Right, like, oh, well, yeah, my, I, I, yeah my waist is smaller and, and all that, but, but the, the scale, like fuck the scale, the scale lies. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it, your weight only matters if you're a horse jockey or an MMA fighter, right? <laughs> There's weight classes. Like, you know, like you're, you know, you are, are like, and I always would make this joke when someone would say something about weight and I would be like, oh, you know, are your shoes like rated for a certain weight? Are you worried about wearing out your shoes too fast? 
Because what does your weight matter, right? Ultimately, you need to d disconnect the number on the scale to how you look, right? Like, like those are two, those are well, to how you feel ultimately. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I, and and like I said, for for people who usually have the the number in mind, like, oh, I, I want to be one twenty five. You know, like I hear that from women sometimes, and it's like, okay, why do you want that? Well, you know, I've never been that light, and you know, I I, I think I'll look good at that at that weight. And it's like, well, so the goal is to change your body you know, and how, and how you, how you look. And so it's like, yeah, okay. So let's not worry about the scale. That is sort of a, again, it is a correlated slightly, but ultimately we want to focus on that aesthetic goal, you know? And, and so uh, there are, are things we can do to, to, to change that, you know, through training and nutrition. But again, the, the ultimate goal is not to change the scale. You know, if you want to lose, if you want to lose 20 pounds, I can take you out back and it'll take about 15 minutes and I'll cut your leg off at the knee. <laughs> you will never gain that weight back <laughs> and and that you know that's it right like if, if what what is your goal here and, and ultimately you know that's a whole nother discussion when it comes to eating a tiny amount of food and working out really hard you're just destroying muscle that's like cutting your own leg off right it, it ultimately slows your metabolism down and makes it harder to burn fat and and, and everything so you know what what you really want to do you know if you're worried about bulking up is is make sure you're dialing in your nutrition and and then you can make sure that you're losing body fat while maintaining muscle because ultimately we do want to put more muscle on we do want to have as much functional muscle as possible because that burns more calories especially at rest right well i think more so for women and i was hoping that this conversation would go there is the importance of having more muscle mass like most women do not have enough and your hormones are all out of whack because of it and like the you need muscle mass to basically help with the estrogen testosterone levels right and like making sure that your ratios are good and for a lot of women because they're afraid of getting bulky they end up way too low and then their hormones and their cycles and like everything is all out of fucking whack just because they don't have enough muscle mass let alone too much you know like like and you kind of touched on this before when you said if it's not the main goal of your program. In order to get to the point where you would be bulky, it would have to be your main goal. And basically just by saying, I don't want that to be my goal, it'll never happen. But all of these other things will happen. Your joints will be healthier. Your cycles will be better. Your hormones will be better balanced. You'll, you know, like you won't have hunger issues or strength problems like you you can carry your kids up the stairs two at a time if you need to which i do like every fucking day <laughs> they're so lazy <laughs> um but it's just like it's like the benefits of having muscle mass far outweigh any kind of risk that you might get too bulky right like which is it's such a low chance that you're going to be genetically one of those oddballs that like has this this, and if you are, you should embrace it. Because right? you're so healthy. You have this amazing, like, healthy body that can do these things that women need, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and ultimately, like I said, for most women, the concern is body fat. And, and uh, the more muscle you have, the less body fat you're going to have. And the easier it is to maintain a healthy diet because you can, you can eat more, more yummy things and your body will burn it, right? Um, so muscle burns more calories at rest than fat does, obviously. And so I, I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but it's like um, for, every, for every pound of muscle you have, you burn 50 more calories per day 
just over a 24 hour period, just at rest. So not including any exercise. So again, going back to that scenario where you lost five pounds of, of uh, fat and you gained one pound of muscle, you, you're now, you're, in order to stay the same weight, you have to eat an additional 50 calories. So let's say you lost 10 pounds of fat and gained two pounds of muscle. The scale says exactly the same thing, but now you need to eat 100 more calories per day to maintain that muscle mass. Get to eat 100 more calories. I know, right? You get to eat. If you don't eat it, you're going to continue to lose weight, right? Like, and so, so you, and, and then like I said, and that's just like sitting around the house sleeping, you know, like you, you burn that at rest. And so we want to add, you know, the, the muscle we can add is good, is a good thing. And you don't need to worry about the size. Because remember, it's about one to five. So again, if this one finger was, was, a, um, was a pound of, of muscle, then your five fingers would be the, the fat. So you can imagine there's a big difference there, you know? <laughs> yeah, so. Weird analogy, dude, that's. <laughs> yeah, and so, so again, you can, if, you can, if you can remove that fat and add that muscle. Now, there's been some research that says that's, that's kind of, that's, it, it varies a lot more than that and everything, but it's just, a, it's just an example to say, okay, don't be afraid of putting on too much muscle. In fact, we wanna put on as much muscle as we can and it won't change, you won't look any bigger guarantee it like you could again most women could put on five or ten pounds of muscle and if they if they lost uh, an equal amount of fat and so the scale was about the same they would look completely you would be totally leaned out and look completely different right um and, th and that's another thing too is is uh sometimes when we when you the muscles do change according according to the training it looks different so somebody who has you know uh, is a little bit more muscular they, you look better. So even though the scale says something different and your clothes fit a little bit different because of the extra muscle, it, it's, it's a good look. It looks healthy, right? Versus, versus the, the, the fat, right? So, you know, and, and one thing I'll, I'll kind of wrap this up with is, uh, is that you're, you're never actually going to be happy with how you look. <laughs> There's always going to be something that you want to change or could be better. And I have, I have trained plenty of women that, that look like models, right? And, and uh, they could walk onto a figure competitor stage without doing any bodybuilding or any weight cutting like that. They could walk on and do great because they just have the muscle definition and they've leaned themselves out and you know, their nutrition's dialed in and they train really hard or whatever. And they still have things they complain about. And they still wish they had this different. You know, oh, I, I have this little bit of fat right here. And it's like, there's veins below your, you know, at your waistline on your abs. <laughs> like, and you're worried about body fat, you know? like come on, like, no matter what, there's always, so you, if you start trying to say, oh, I just need to lose 10 pounds, it's like, okay, well, that's, that's not a, that's a side effect of doing everything else healthy, but that shouldn't be the goal, right? Yeah. And because ultimately you, you could lose that 10 pounds and you still won't necessarily totally be satisfied. So that's why you want to pursue, you know, health and fitness and then looking good is a side effect of being healthy, right? And so if you, if you act healthy and you, and you do healthy things in the gym and you eat healthy, you're going to end up looking good. And, and so, so instead of sort of getting this number in your head or, or worrying about putting on weight or bulking up from lifting weights, you know, pursue the, um, you know, pursue the healthy habits that are going to, that you can then reap the rewards from. I will also say, if you want to look at lifestyle, do you want to have the kind of life where you wake up at 5 a.m., you run 10K fasted cardio, you have three shots of espresso and a protein bar for lunch, and then you have half of a chicken breast and some broccoli for dinner, and you pass out because you're so exhausted and you have no patience left for your kids or your loved ones or anything like that? Or do you want to lift weights three times a week and basically eat like a lot? <laughs> 
Like, what do you want to do, right? Like, do you want to live your life or do you want to be a slave to fucking cardio and diets all the time, right? Like, like it's a pretty obvious choice when it comes down to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and there will be people listening to this podcast that, that um, you know, that they really want that super lean, you know, uh, aesthetic or whatever for, for whatever reasons. But again, you have to ask yourself, are you willing to, you know, what are you willing to do to get that? And, and um, it, you know, and you can do the programming and then add on other things if that's, if, if you like to run because it's good for your head and you like, you know, you have other, that's fine. But again, it's not running or doing that extra cardio isn't actually going to lean you out. <laughs> like you think well, it is it's it's really yourself, right like if it's for your mental health go run run as much as you fucking want just make sure you're doing enough like prehab that you're not going to injure yourself while yeah. all you're doing is running right so you still need to do some squats and some lunges and stuff like that but anyway we're running on time here so we should wrap this up <laughs> thanks again for tuning in guys and uh, um smash that like button and subscribe button if you are catching this on youtube and um uh, send us your questions and, and we want to make sure we cover them. So, so if you have any, um, if you have anything that you want us to go over any myths or if you, especially if you're a coach and you're, you're trying to figure out how to answer this question, you know, uh, um, succinctly so people get it. Um, you know, I love to, I love to cover those topics. So definitely send them our way. And, uh, thanks again, guys. Thanks Gigi for, uh, for the podcast. Bye.